WHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Mubaraka Ibrahim, and this is Mornings with Mubaraka, where we talk about national issues from a local level through a lens of diversity. And happy Wednesday, people. We are finally here after the snowstorm tricked us. The snowstorm tricked us, like, twice. They were like, you're going to get 12 to 16 inches. And the snowstorm was like, psych. <laughs> anyway, so last week we played a repeat show because we were like, oh, it's going to snow. And we got no snow. But we are happy to be back this week. And this week we are talking. I've been looking forward to this interview because y'all know that I have two passions. And that is health and business. And we are talking business today, so this is going to be one of my favorite shows I already know. <laughs> so with us in the studio today, we have two wonderful young women who are the owners of New Haven's first black uh, business co-op, um, Randy McRae and Marietta Bayati. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, ladies. The first part wrong, but that's okay. It's Marita. Marita. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Okay, Marita. <laughs> um, thank you for joining me, ladies. Thank I appreciate you. Thank it. you for having us. Yes, thank you so much. Um, so I want to first talk a little bit about you. So you are business partners. Mm-hmm. Before oh, the Urban Collective is fairly new. Mm-hmm. What were you doing before you opened the Urban Collective? Um, would you like to go first, or you let me go first? Uh, well together as friends and partners we've always collaborated on projects and workshops together events so this was just only right for us to come together individually we do our own things as well I'm an author I'm a speaker I plan my own women empowerment conferences as well so and Brandy does a lot of things that she'll tell you about as well but definitely we were already working together just not officially as business partners okay for so, the Urban Collective. so you ran you were entrepreneur before this is not your first step oh, into definitely. entrepreneurship right. okay and when do we, we should do? uh yeah so um we both met actually at yale um university i was there for 18 years wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> doing all things technology okay. um and then when i went back to get my doctorate degree and started teaching i left the university two years ago um, and so I focus more now on my teaching jobs and I'm also a consultant and writing my dissertation. Teaching like, like, like yeah, kids? Yeah, I teach college. Oh, okay. Yeah, All I right. teach college. So I teach at Post University, okay. um, University of Bridgeport and Gateway Community College. Oh, wow. Yeah. We got, yeah, Shri job. <laughs> you got some Jamaican in here? <laughs> 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 so <laughs> that's good. <laughs> you, um... So you came together. How long have you known each other? Wow. Um, we've known each other now. I would say a, definitely a little over 10 years because my yeah. boys are eight and her son is 12. Yeah. Um, and I met her a couple of years before I actually had the twins. So. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, you got twins. Yeah, twin boys. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. Um, so tell me what, what, how did this idea come up of creating a co-working space? First, explain to some of our listeners, what is a co-working space? So I like to categorize us as more of a collaborative space um, because what the idea came about is we both was looking for space for our own events. But then we thought we know that from a lot of people we work with, there's always a challenge for them finding space just for their events or for their meetings. And that, the idea of a collaborative space would be that we would pull our resources together and collaborate and share a space rather than all of us individually having to secure a space. 
So it can be a resource for entrepreneurs like ourselves to use it as needed rather than having to sign a permanent lease on a property. Mm, Okay. All right. So, and when you say it's a collaborative space, did you, when you came up with the idea of opening this space, did you already have other business uh, entrepreneurs on board? So we, we put a call out there to, um, to our network and we actually do have um, people who are using it. So like, um, Women I Am is one of our partners that's a nonprofit that's using it on Saturdays for their meetings. And so they have a a whole year lease. Um, A friend of mine who actually I grew up with is moving her operations there starting in April for a year. So, yeah, we we put the call out. We knew people needed space, but people had different needs. And so we found that those who couldn't sign on initially um, had to wait or th- it just didn't meet their needs. But we have a lot of people who were able to actually join us and sign on. So they're using it based on their needs at the moment. Okay. Yeah. All right. yeah. So what made you want to j- dive into entrepreneurship? Well, entrepreneurship has always been in my blood. Uh, my father is an entrepreneur. So I saw that model um, from early on. A lot of other people, my uncles, my aunts, they've all owned their own businesses for years. And I knew that that's something that I wanted to do eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I did own the girly girl shop in New Haven on Audubon street. And I think it was in 2009. So definitely put my hand into many different things. Um, I've always had my own online shop. So I've always been selling things in my books, just different things that I've dived into. So it's just, it's in my blood. It definitely is. It's just a yeah. part of you. It so is. I've, I've known <laughs> forever that that's what I wanted to do. When I was in high school, we had a little business that our um, teacher taught us how to run using the junior achievement model. So it was something that I got exposed to really early on. Um, My previous business before the Urban Collective, like in terms of a storefront, was a party facility over on State Street um, (laughs) that we had for about almost a year. Um, But, you know, you learn from from those businesses, like what, what works and what doesn't work. And so one of the challenges we had is that there was no use like Monday through Thursday mm. because people don't have birthday parties Monday <laughs> through Thursday. Yeah, and so we, we did the same thing we did with the Urban Collective. Um, we put a call out to see if there was anyone that wanted to use the space during that time. And so we gave ourselves some time. We couldn't find anyone. And we said, OK, this just doesn't work because it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um we closed it and then I, you know, took some time to really think about how that would work. Mm. And with the Urban Collective, it just works out better because we both host events. We both do work outside of our regular everyday jobs. So as a consultant, it's, it gives me office space and a place mm. to actually bring my clients mm. um, during the week when we're not having things there on the weekends and then the evenings. So it was just better, a better business model and a better business approach um, this go round. So people can <laughs> so people can use the space for things like that. Do you have it where people so there's different obviously different models for co-working or collaborative spaces. Do you have like office space that people can say, okay, I'm going to just like have an office space here? So we it's a big open space, is is urban <laughs> and it can be configured for whatever you want it to be configured for. So when I go in there and I'm meeting with my clients, okay. I can set up the desk, the computers and you got laptop. We have Wi-Fi, We have projectors. We have a projector screen. We have a sound system. So you have all the tools you need to do what you need to do business wise. 
but um, by the furniture being by us being able to put the furniture away, we can actually completely clear out the space. Okay. As you've seen, mm-hmm. where people host events in there and they host classes or workshops. Um, so it's it's reconfigurable in that sense, and that was our intent. Um, because we felt like if we would set up a bunch of desks and office um, spaces, that's what it would be limited to. Yeah. You know, people who use it on the weekends or who do, like I do, a lot of trainings would not be able to uh, reconfigure it. So mm. we, we, we wanted to do something a little different. Than, right. We wanted to make it creative as well. A lot of creative people come and use mm-hmm. it. Photographers can do photo shoots. You can have a video shoot there as well. So like she said, if we limited to just having desks and saying it's a corporate office type space, we wouldn't get the clientele that we get now. Mm, okay. All right. Now, uh, now were you, um, as you develop this kind of like, it seems like that you've had uh, not just a history, but you've learned along the way in your entrepreneurship journey. What are some of the biggest lessons that you learned from previous experience that you course corrected this time around? I would say one of the major things is knowing your your market. Um, the location is very important because you can have a great product, a great, um, great place. But if you are not set in the location that people can easily find you, you're not easily accessible. Parking was a major thing when I had my boutique and mm-hmm. I, I learned that. So <laughs> you also have to think about the demographics of your, again, your target market. Will they be around in certain seasons? It was just also important to know that. And then knowing who you're going into business with as well. Because mm. that, yeah, yeah, I would, that last one in terms of your partnership, you know, really figuring out someone who compliments you. Um, but I would add to that just um, really being more strategic um, and understanding what you're offering So I'm a very passion driven person. There's a lot of things I know how to do. There's a lot of things I know how to make. So I have a lot of passions, but not everything that's a passion can be in a sustainable and viable business. Mm -hmm. So when I think about having the party facility, it was something that people had always hired me to do, did for family, did for friends. And it was something I enjoyed doing. When you talk about owning a party facility, (laughs) that's very different than, you know, someone hiring you as a party consultant on the weekends. And so it was really was taking some time to really think about, you know, a business model that's going to be sustainable and work. Because um, I remember when we opened the space, someone said to me, oh, you know, I've seen a couple of these and they're closed down yeah. in less than a year. And that just stuck with me. So mm. we, we, we're we always thinking about... Negative often? Yeah. <laughs> right? I was like, oh. Right? It got me to thinking about... Yeah, you have to think about uh, those things. How Marisa and I could continually reexamine what we're doing and making sure that we we are around. We have bookings through June. It would be really sad that someone's planning their event and we have to say, sorry, Yay. our doors are closed. Um, and so, and really, because um, I know, you know, I've done several little businesses here and there, but resources is really thinking about a strategy and plan and what your resources are. So this go around, you know, it's a lot of the other things that I do that allow me to invest in my business. We didn't borrow any money. We didn't borrow any money from friends. We bought everything out of pocket. We're We're paying for everything. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, really thinking about that, building that resource, that set of resources Mm. so that you can do it. Because one of the things Marita said to me, she said, well, I don't want to get a loan. I said, okay. So how are we going to do this? And so we sat down. We were very strategic around that. And um, I don't believe the first go around when we did the party facility, if we, you know, if we were that thoughtful, 
I think we really both had a passion. It wasn't Marita and I, it was me and someone else, but we really just had a passion for doing parties. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's what, that's what we were going on. We Mm -hmm. didn't really do the other stuff. Um, So that was a a tremendous lesson for me. I I really appreciate you being so honest about, Mm -hmm. uh, about some of your course corrections, Mm -hmm. because I think that that's so important. I think that when we see, when we talk about entrepreneurship and when we see people who are entrepreneurs or even when people tell us about the entrepreneur, mm-hmm. they, tr- they make it rosy. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, I became a millionaire in a year. <laughs> right. Never and you that. don't find out until like mm-hmm. 20 years later that, oh, he's now he's telling the story that he started off with seven dollars in his pocket. Like, yeah. <laughs> why you didn't say that, that in the beginning? So right. you could have gave so, me some hope. <laughs> one of the things that I did, too, is I had um, I've been to other co-working spaces in New Haven. But what I did was I went and read the stories of other people who started co-working spaces. And that's kind of the model that I use one um guy I read about he said that they pulled together their own resources because they wasn't sure and they got one size space with the hope of getting something later on so mm-hmm. he talked about where to get the furniture from all those different things and how you would offer certain memberships the price and things like that so I really learned from that experience mm-hmm. when we opened the party facility I don't think we talked to anybody, talk to anybody who owned a party <laughs> facility before <laughs> You definitely have to do your research for sure. And then also, yes, research is key. And having a plan, being strategic about everything, because, you know, we aren't in this for the short term. We are in this for the long term. We want to be a perennial business, you know, long lasting for sure. And if you don't, like, it's so easy to. um, Another thing I would say is to make sure that you don't bite off more than you can chew the first go round. So we've looked at a couple other spaces that we could have gone for that were one way above our price range mm-hmm. um also huge spaces they were like this is beautiful had like spiral staircases going up to the loft and we we're mm. like we could do this that but then we're like wait a minute let's start a little bit smaller here stick within a budget let's see how this goes and then you know if if it allows for us to expand in the future that's great but again you never want to bite off more than you can chew so you start. It's you were okay smart. with starting off small. Start small. It's okay so small. with that. At least you have something, yeah. right? You know, right? You're doing more than most if you start somewhere. Yeah. So, don't yeah. have to show off and be like, <laughs> we have this million dollar business because no, we don't. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Mornings with Mubaraka on WNHHLP 103.5 FM on New Haven. In New Haven, Connecticut, also streaming live on newhavenindependent.org, on the New Haven Independent Facebook page, as well as the Fit Muslima Facebook page. And we are talking about entrepreneurship and business with Randy McRae and Marita. <laughs> See, got it. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. All right. <laughs> um that's this is real this is a really good conversation because I think that so many people can learn from lessons and even from lessons from people who you know you've just how old is the urban collective um we're open. not a year yet so not, almost august. Year. august 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 okay, okay yeah. so like <laughs> I like a half a year half a year <laughs> so that's good because starting off was it what what was the scariest part for you um Wow. I think the scariest part was just, you know, if people would really support us. So, well, they're <laughs> not, really going not to like work us, with us, but are they really if you gonna... could see our vision, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I consider myself an outlier in a lot of ways. 
And so I know I have these musings in my head and we work together so well is because a lot of times the musings kind of bounce off each other yeah. and, and, and we have a lot of synergy, but trying to translate that to other people to see your vision, like really talking to small business owners and say, this is a model that we want you to take a risk with us on. It can work, you know, building that trust factor. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure if we would get people who would commit for the long term. We're getting lots of rentals on the weekends, but you know, in this model is sustainable if it truly becomes a collaborative. Mm. Right. And so if we can find people who can 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 reimagine this way of working together, building community, um, building a collaborative network of entrepreneurs to support each other, if we can find people to buy in that vision. And that's still I wouldn't say it was scary initially and it's still something that sits in the forefront of my mind, but it's a a risk that I'm willing to, to take as well. So. Now, when you say um, uh, the entrepreneur, when you say collaborate, is the collaboration just on like using the space itself or are there other things that do they, the entrepreneurs actually network together or we can network together, share resources, come up with projects together Yeah, because again, we're not in this alone. There's a lot of other creative, talented people in Connecticut and New Haven and that are looking to start businesses start things and may not have their own resources may not have the finances but if we can all come together and see how we can benefit from one another helping one another to grow as a whole i think that's and that's we, really the idea. we uh, do have things happening in the works like we've been um, talking with a group of women who have been doing um, homeschooling and doing saturday schools with their kids mm-hmm. um, so we've been talking with them about how we might partner with them on that initiative, pull our resources together to um, offer um, when school is out, um, a place for children to come for the day, um, Saturday school, and then during the summer, during those breaks with camp. So that's Mm. the stuff that's coming up. Um, I have a deep (laughs) passion for giving back to my community. It's something I was doing. I was doing a lot of, still doing a lot of nonprofit work, but was doing that before I started working at Yale and I've always done it part-time. So, you know, I I find that um, I, you know, there's the entrepreneurship side, but there's also having the space as a community resource is very important to us Mm. um, so that we, it's not just about making money and, and having a business. It's really a little bit deeper than that. So when I talk about people can really see our vision we didn't just open the space because we want to have space and we want people to rent the space. We really, really wanted it to be a, a viable resource that small businesses can look to and use to help them have one less thing they have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you have a lot of people selling and doing a lot of things and they're driving around delivering, you know, can you imagine that there, that you can say, you know, I'm going to be at the urban collective through these these amount of hours, you can come pick up your orders here. That's a more sustainable business model than driving all around. Um, so really, it's less know, work yeah, for sure. Exactly, but it, it but you it gives people some continuity, a place that they know they can come find you on this time on this date. You know, and so when I talk about seeing my vision, is really saying that to people and them seeing that possibility and saying, yes, I want to become a part of this network or this collaborative where we do do that and we're sharing the space. And then I think organically opportunities for further collaboration on projects will evolve by virtue of bringing people together. Right. Mm-hmm. What is, so an interesting conversation that I always have is, um, and you, because you both work, and do an entrepreneurship what is 
are we encouraging people to to entrepreneurship enough? Because as parents, you know, and as just the school system is like you are expected. This is uh, schools are they literally grade schools on how many kids get accepted to college mm-hmm. that's graduating. Right. Are, yeah, we are creating a. A, a college culture. That's what Common Core is built around, right? So the Common Core standards are built around ensuring that all young children are prepared to go into college. Mm. Um, and Which so, prepares them to go work for somebody. Which prepares them to go work for <laughs> someone. But I think there is a culture shift happening um, primarily due to social media mm. that regardless if we're showing our kids that or not, they're learning it. Mm. Um, and they it's organically happening by virtue of having access to way more information than we had in high school. But um, I do see that. I wish that young people had the experience I had in high school because I left with both possibilities. Mm. I walked out with both possibilities. So I at least knew two models, right? And that I might fit into this model for one part of my life and could possibly evolve into this other model for the other part of my life. But at least I had the option to choose. Mm. And so, you know, I wish all young people had that. Um, I know Marita is now doing that with her son because I think as parents we could do that. I do it with the boys. Um, but, you know, I have so many thoughts on, you know, how we do that as a nation um, and, and how we, we, we can't um, get on board for this idea of both and. Right. So mm. It's it's just really giving people options and allowing them to choose what works for them. And we, we have where that's not what we're doing. We're we're looking at this one model and we're trying to push everyone into that one model so so marita how do you how do you view entrepreneurship do you think we are getting well so one thing i wanted to say about like it's funny that you said you go to college because it prepares you to work for someone else right so my whole idea behind going to college was never the intention to work for anyone else i wanted to just say i have my business degree so now i can start my own business (laughs) it was never let me have my degree so I can go work for another corporation. That was never in my thoughts. Like, Well, you know, it, it, that's really interesting because like, so culturally in the, in the culture of education, even in college, you know, the very last year, they're ha- making you do mock interviews. They're having right. career day where yeah. all the companies yeah. that you can apply to is going to come. Yeah. So mm-hmm. from the college, general college atmosphere, yeah. they really are pushing that, look, mm-hmm. you need to know how to speak properly, dress properly, present yourself mm-hmm. so that you will be you will be acceptable to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right, I yeah. constantly tell people like even sometimes with entrepreneurs get they get stuck in this or their thought of entrepreneurship of what they think it is in selling stuff for other people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's not really entrepreneurship mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. there's no risk there there's no you're not in control mm. if the government comes down and say you know what this business is shut down because the CEO did this, this, and this. You have no control over that. Mm-hmm. You are now out of business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's not really, right. to me, right. not really a, a model of entrepreneurship. I, th- I think, so I think what I, what I, oh, what I was thinking about this recently, and I think it's really around, you know, what we hold up as the idea of success and making it in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and could be in other countries, but I haven't lived in other countries, right? So here in the United States, the idea of success is how much... Um, stuff you can accumulate 
and have that this outer appearance of success. You know, and so one of the first things that I had to do for myself in terms of being an entrepreneur and leaving Yale, because everyone thought that was the most insane idea in the world, um, that you don't want to work for someone. <gasps> you got a job with the man. Why would you give that up? <laughs> right. You have to reimagine giving you health care. Right. What's wrong with you, child? Exactly. Right. <laughs> so you have to reimagine what success would look like outside of the, the accumulation of things. Mm. And and how much money I have in a bank and how much money I have to spend on things. Mm-hmm. Right. So when people ask me as an entrepreneur, the first question they ask me about the Urban Collective being open for what, six months is, has it turned a profit? That's one question. And then people ask me all kinds of other questions <laughs> about your business. Right. Well, then they ask me all kinds of other questions about you want to invest in me. <laughs> right. Um, how do I, you know, do this and do that? Like just trying to understand how, how are you making money to accumulate things to keep up this certain appearance? Because that's what we've that's what we've built success around. But if success to you is genuinely getting to do what you love every day, having what you need and making sure your children have what you need and making sure you're healthy, you know, in all aspects, physically, emotionally, socially, then you can have a different lens. And so this whole idea of going to college, working for someone wouldn't be the thing you're thinking about because that wouldn't be your priority. But that that is directly connected with this idea of what success is and success means how much money I can earn, right? To buy things. Mm. About sanity and controlling <laughs> your own freedom and time. Okay. Yeah. That's more important to me than anything. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> when you, I think that also too, one of the things that I think that makes the idea of entrepreneurship possible is to recognize that everybody has a different version of success. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a really, really interesting uh, and I don't normally uh, like really remember stuff that a lot of shows. So mm-hmm. I love Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Really. yes. <laughs> it, is some li- of it. <laughs> it is literally the only show in my life that I have watched for what is it? It's been like it was on thir- for a while. 13 years. Oh. I have literally watched every single episode of I Grey's Anatomy. I haven't seen all of them. You're, you're way ahead than I am. <laughs> than yeah. I, am. I have literally watched every- I realized that when they said it was 13 years. I was like, oh I've my God, really? I've watched it. It is the only show that I have, the only show I can ever remember that I've literally watched it. So the other day, not the other day, a few episodes ago, um, one of the characters, she said, um, and I don't know why it just stuck with me. She said, they tell you that when you're on your deathbed, you will not think, I wish I had worked another day, mm. but tell that to somebody who loved their job. Mm. And I thought to myself, I was like, to me, that was like kind of deep. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. that is true. Mm-hmm. Because even though we want to say like, oh, this is where your value should be. Mm-hmm. If you're doing something that you truly yeah. love, mm-hmm. then it's okay for that to be your measurement of success. Well, and also, I don't know. I mean, this is another thing I encountered. This idea that we all have to do one thing. Mm. Yes. I don't. I don't. Yes. That's not Thank you. in my. That's not even. a person who's yeah, a, fit, a health and I fitness am. person and owns a pie business. Right. Like in my mind. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. In my mind. When I worked at Yale, I had my little side stuff going. Right. Mm. So you, you can have two. But then you can also work. Do what you love can do something else too mm-hmm. like you don't have to do that forever mm-hmm. like there's this idea that you're, you're gonna 
go to school, you're going to grow up, you're going to graduate, you're going to pick a job, you're going to work somewhere, and it's got to be a stable job. And that's the one thing you're going to always do. And people are going to define you by that. I totally believe in reinventing yourself. Absolutely. Well, if you live, people are living to be a hundred and something years old. Right. You're going to be a nurse for a hundred years. Right. You could be... You could be three things. Yeah, that's true. In that lifetime. I mean, one of them could be an entrepreneur after you've done the other two things. That's true. (laughs) You know, when I was, um, when I was about to before, when I was about to turn 40, I decided to go back to school. Mm. And one of those deciding factors was, I was like, wow, am I too old to go back to school? And I thought to myself, I was like, even if I only live to the average age that people live in America, which is like 87 or something like that, I still got more than half my life in front of me. What am I talking about? Can let me go do my thing. Exactly. I'm going to do my thing. You can work in places for 15 or 20 years, you know? right? Like, <laughs> you know, I've always been an entrepreneur. I think I've had like one job ever in my life. No, I've had two jobs. When I was a teenager, I used to help serve at a, um, at a um a day uh adult daycare mm. i think i did that for like the summer mm-hmm. and that was like the only job i've ever had where wow. i actually work for other people <laughs> oh, I've, I've had lots of jobs but always have a little side thing going because i like you know i went through that phase of buying lots of expensive things learn <laughs> lots of lessons from that um and you know, I went through that phase. You grow up, you know, you didn't have a lot of means and mm. you get older and you, you're making some money. You'd be like, I deserve to get this. I deserve to get that. Not really thinking, right? Because mm. you're not, you haven't, you know, you haven't experienced it yet. So you, so I went through that phase. I always have my little side stuff. You know, when I was doing technology, you know, I would go to people's houses. As long as you don't put too much value, it's not yeah, wrong. Right? Yeah, and no. it, it really is where you put the value. Yeah. I had a conversation with my 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 17 year old recently. I have a girlfriend and she completely redid her house. I mean, she has a gorgeous kitchen. It looked mm. like something out of Home and Garden magazine. Mm-hmm. And um we were talking about like he was like, oh, why don't we have a nice kitchen like that? You know, our kitchen is a regular kitchen, right? Exactly. That's what it needs to do. But I told him, I said, I said, you know, everybody is different for us. Where we value is mm. really the time we spend. So mm. we go out the country on vacation two or three times mm. a year. I said, so it's all about where you your value your and your priority yeah. is. Yeah. They don't like to do that. Mm. They love being home. So mm. that's where she invested her, yeah. her, her value. And of course, in teenage fa- fashion, he looks at me. He goes, so if you stop going to Costa Rica, we could get a better kitchen. <laughs> He actually used to want to be a chef. Now uh, he wants to be an environmental engineer. That's oh, a whole so there you story. go. <laughs> but right. he get ready to leave in August. So he's going to college. So Tell you know what? To make enough money to buy him a really nice kitchen. There you go. And then I will come <laughs> over and I will let you cook me something in your really nice kitchen. <laughs> And I will enjoy it. <laughs> and tell you how nice your kitchen is. <laughs> yes, exactly. And take a plate and put it in my regular <laughs> kitchen. <laughs> I know, right? But it really is all about where your priorities are. Oh, and everybody's absolutely. priorities. I think that we have to, we really in this country have tried to like make everybody think in a uniform way. Mm. And I think that that 
takes away our Americanness. Our yeah. Americanness is that we're very individual and we have that right. Hey, to- you know, I posted something on Facebook one day. It was an article. I just shared it. And then a friend of mine, you know, said, you know, she said, well, if this type of article is this, why would you even share it? And I said, well, I believe that everybody should just have all the information. Mm. And then you, you know, you t- do with it what you right. will. So, you know, and maybe that's the teacher facilitator in me. <laughs> right. But, you know, there's this this idea that once you know something or once you believe something that someone else has to believe that thing that mm. you believe. And that's the only way we can have dialogue. And that's the only way we can have conversation. Mm. Right. So I, I tell people all the time, you know, this is what works for me. Something else might not work for you. The process is really about discovering what works for you. You know, it's really interesting you say that because I actually came across a quote yesterday that I shared on social media and it was it was exactly in that same vein. It was I I can't remember who said it, but he said most people think that they are thinking, but they're really rearranging their prejudices. Mm, I was like, wow. I I was that is I was like, wow, that is. And you know what? In our social media world, um, it has really taken advantage of that because mm-hmm. it just recently you know after all of the election everybody's like oh you're a trump supporter i'm unfriending you you're this i'm unfriending and it's really really interesting even i shouldn't say i shouldn't just put it all on trump because even before it and so about three years ago i was invited to have dinner with president Obama. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the White House, had dinner with President mm-hmm. Obama. I literally lost like eight Facebook friends because I had dinner with President oh, Obama. Wow. People were like, <laughs> well, why are you there? Can you tell him stop killing people with drones? Oh. I'm like, look, <laughs> I'm just going to eat. Right <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he didn't ask me for and national say, security advice. Right. He just asked me to come to dinner. What's interesting <laughs> is we've always been a country oh of God. divergent ideas. <laughs> and and the, the point of having a democracy is so that everyone has a voice. Mm. So the point mm-hmm. of a democracy is not to find the one right voice and allow Absolutely. them to dominate the conversation. Absolutely. It's it's actually providing an opening open space for all the voices and Absolutely. all the ideas. So when I think about, you know, work, your entrepreneurship, it's not a versus for me. It's mm. really is like really think about yourself and what works for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And if, if you see parts of my story that you could benefit from and I can share that information, happy to have it, you know, give you that. But what I'm not going to do is say, you need to do this because this is the way you should do it. No, mm-hmm. this is what works for Randy. Cause like Randy, you know, when the academic semester stops Fridays, I don't have to get up. That's my time <laughs> while the kids are at school. I want that. So when I imagine my life, my working life, I right. said, I don't want to do that no more. Right. I want to be able to get up on Friday and go to the spa and, and know the kids are at school and I don't have to pay a babysitter. Absolutely. Or Absolutely. if I want to do something <laughs> in the middle of the day, I could because yeah. I'm teaching at night. So I, I wanted that kind of schedule that works for me. That doesn't work for everybody. I call it designing your life. Yeah. yeah. Some people are yeah. happy, though, working their nine to five jobs. Yep. And that's completely OK. Yep, That's fine, too. And but. We need people to work. We shouldn't push. (laughs) We We shouldn't try to push our values and agendas on other people. Mm -hmm. Let everybody, like you said, give the information and let them do what they will with it, and let them make their own decisions and choices. Because everybody in this world cannot be and will not be an entrepreneur. This is very true. I need somebody to pick up my trash. I like trash guys. (laughs) Right. I seriously, seriously, my mother actually. She used to always tell us. She used to. She, my mother, rest her soul. She used to say. 
I don't care how big the mansion is that you live in. It will be a pigsty if the trash man did not come take your trash away. Mm -hmm. So you respect everybody because mm -hmm. everybody right. contributes to making the world go round. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. and that that's a lesson that I grew up with. And mm -hmm. and I, it's so true because. Mm -hmm. Like there's some jobs I know I would never I couldn't be a surgeon like I really couldn't no. I couldn't go inside people's body and, mm -mm. and touch people's hearts mm -mm. and stuff. We need people like that. We need waiters. We need waiters. Absolutely. We need the, the clerks. And Absolutely. The I don't even like cooking really. So <laughs> <laughs> all the people to work at restaurants. Yeah. Really. I'm really bad at fashion. I tell people that work inside of stores all the time. The best thing that you can do is put a really good outfit on that model. You need a style consultant. <laughs> <laughs> because. <laughs> Like, you look at the mannequin. That's get, funny. Where is that? Where that mannequin oh got on? God. That's what I want. I want that outfit right there. That's funny. <laughs> Retail was one of my jobs for yeah. many years, so I, I do hear well. what you're saying. Yes, <laughs> everybody got a job to do, really. But if you do have, and I always say, the heart for entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. you shouldn't let fear stop you. Right. This really is something that I think that is that 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 is very rewarding. Mm -hmm. And it really is what makes the economy boom, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. no, how no matter how big the the company is, it all started from one little entrepreneur having an idea, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and now we have Facebook. There's <laughs> gonna be fear in like everything that you do, mm -hmm. yeah. But you just have to turn that fear into faith and just go for it. That's Absolutely, what I told just just do it. Take the risk. There's risk in everyday life. It's a risk walking outside. Your house. Virtual. You never know what's going to happen. Yep. Take the important risk that you're like, if I do this and if it succeeds, then boom, great. You know, just take those important risks and just see what happens. It's important to you. Absolutely. And find something that you love. Mm -hmm. like, you know, mm -hmm. you can't make profit from everything, but you can find something that you love. Mm -hmm. I, always, I always use the philosophy when people ask like, oh, I, don't, I have all these ideas. It's like, what is it that you would do if nobody paid you mm, that yeah. you would get up and you would do even if if money wasn't an issue and you was a billionaire? Mm. What would you get up? What would you teach somebody? Mm -hmm. What would you help solve? Mm -hmm. What would you solve? Those are questions that you answer in order to find out where you can where mm. you, where you can lead your life to that mm. that gives back gives mm -hmm. back. I love or the, things the are model. too easy. I mean, too hard. People like they want to give up. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, change my mind. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, and yeah. patience. I think yeah. patience is key. You know what I mean? Like we we just opened in August, realizing that oh, we're not gonna be where someone who has been doing this for three or five years. We're mm. we're just starting. Like I'm reminding mm. myself, mm. be patient with, mm. you know, realizing your vision or your vision coming to fruition. So. Absolutely. I'd rather slow and steady been like really quick but then there's like a quick downfall at the end sure. so mm -hmm. again we want to be a perennial business long lasting so well i really enjoyed this conversation this was fun ladies <laughs> <laughs> good so tell us what we have what can p how can people get involved see your come see your space possibly look at how can people do that well, definitely you can find our website, theurbancollectivect.com. Mm -hmm. But we are on Facebook. We are on Instagram, um, The Urban Collective, Urban Collective CT. So just look us up and reach out to us. We are pretty quick with answering our inboxes. Okay. Yep. We're, we we're post look, regularly. We, we help getting some help because um, a lot of people do know us. So they email our you know personal emails and text <laughs> our personal phones. But we really want you to go to the website because yeah. it actually has the calendar availability up there. So okay. as soon as you know you want to do something, you have a date, 
the first step is actually checking the calendar because we are filling up like May, June are really busy months, mm-hmm. you know, graduations and even we in have, July. Yeah, we have. Just about um, so it's really just the first step is rather than sort of sending us a personal message, hit our Web page, check the calendar. And um, we actually have it where you can book immediately on our website. Okay. But you also can book a viewing. So you can book a viewing okay. to see if the actual space meets your needs. Okay. Um, and we do those usually on Fridays or on Sundays, Sunday afternoons. Okay. But even our Sunday calendar is filling up. So well, that's a good thing. That's <laughs> yes. Good thing. So that's the best way is just to hit the website, check your date, and then um, send us a message and we'll, we'll get back to you right away. Do you have any things coming up that people can get involved um, in? We are always having events, but the only thing that might still have some spots open that I didn't get to check, check we're having our quarterly mentoring lunch at the Urban Collective on Friday, on Good Friday. Good. Um, it's for women and young women and o- older women. We're just going to do some quick mentoring activities, some community building and some conversation over lunch. Um, nothing too, you know, um, too structured. Just really just getting women together in a room to talk about how we can actually support each other and actually support our young people. And we can find that information it's right on, on our page. Yeah, okay. it's Excellent. right on our Facebook page because it's, a, it's an event on our Facebook page because we need you to RSVP if you are attending. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate this conversation and thank everybody for listening. And you've been listening to Mornings with Mubarak on WNHHLP 103.5 FM. And I want to remind you, as I do every week, go about your week to be a voice and not an echo.